0: A middle school camp where I used to work had tug-of-war. Tug-of-war is awesome, but this is tug-of-war over a massive, knee-deep mud pit. And of course, this is perfect for middle schoolers, but you pull and you tug and you pull back and forth, and eventually one side ends up splatting in the mud. But ultimately, both sides on some level end up completely coated in mud because, you know, they're middle schoolers. But before all that happens, there's this tension. As one side pulls and one side gets closer to slipping in and a few of them go in and they pull back and there's this ongoing constant tension. And when we talk about tug of war, that's what we're talking about, right? We have a life that we live under tension and I want to talk about that today there's this tension that goes on in our life turn with me if you would to Galatians chapter 2 verses 11 through 20 when Cephas came to Antioch I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force the Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth are not, are not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ. And not by the works of the law, because the works of the law, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroy, then I would would really be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law. So that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, I am, I, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, Peter is spending some time with some non-Jewish believers, He's doing what they do and living the way they're living and enjoying time with them until his friends from Jerusalem show up. And he falls right back into keeping all the Jewish rules and distance himself from the Gentiles. Peter is struggling with how to live out his faith. There's this tension. He wants to belong to this group. He wants to be connected to these guys. And when these others show up, They are a reminder to him of the way he is supposed to live, and he feels the tension to go back and to fall right back into that. Sound familiar? Peter is living out this struggle between what I know I'm supposed to do and what I want to do. Or, I know the way I'm supposed to live, but I desperately want to be accepted and loved by this group, and so I compromise what I know to be true. Peter's all of us. In verse 14, Paul calls him out on it. Paul notices what Peter's doing and noticing that others are even following Peter's example and being led astray, even Barnabas. And Paul confronts him and says, Do you not understand that this is not how any of this is supposed to work? Then in verses 15 and 16, Paul, imagine this now, Paul preaches the gospel to Peter. You know, Peter, the disciple who walked with Jesus and lived with Jesus and saw him resurrected in the flesh, Paul preaches the gospel to him and reminds him that our salvation does not come from the way that we live and what we do. It comes by faith in Christ. That we have been crucified with Christ. He preaches the gospel to Peter and reminds Peter it's not about rule keeping. It's about because the the works of the law, nobody is justified by that. But he calls him out on trying to have it both ways. Paul, Peter lives out the struggle. Paul describes it. Verse 18, as I was reading this passage, absolutely leapt off the page for me. Because I think it describes the life under tension that I'm talking about. He, sa- he says it this way He says, if I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really am a lawbreaker. What does that mean? What is he talking about? Rebuilding. He's referring about, He's referring to going back to his old sinful life. Paul says, if I put back together what I did before, then I really am the lawbreaker. And so he describes this desire to go back to the way things were before. He is describing this desire to go back to the old life. There's this tension that we live under. There's this struggle that we face. And we have the way that we used to live and what we know, know and is familiar. And this tension between what we know God has called us to do. And we live and the, and the two things pull at each other. And Paul says, if I go back and try to rebuild what I had before, then I'm really the lawbreaker. And Peter is struggling with this. He's, I know I'm supposed to live this way, but now I want to live this way. And, but I really want to be accepted, and I want to fit in, and I want to fit in in both. It, his, Peter's struggle is our struggle. There's that tension, and, and it pulls at us, and it pulls at us. We're at war with ourselves in a very real spiritual sense. These two desires at play. What do we do with this? You know, as I was thinking about this idea that a de- there's a desire to return to our old way of living before we knew Christ, because it was fun or we were in control or it was whatever it was, That there's this pull towards our old self, these sinful desires that are still in li- alive inside of us. And I, and I thought I couldn't help but think about our current circumstances. The longer we stay under quarantine, the greater the desire there is to go back to the way things were were before all this started. We want to go. We hear it talked about now. We want to go back to normal. We want to go back to the way way things were. And the longer that great pause continues, where the whole culture shuts down and stops, and the longer we are under quarantine the further that tension pulls back to our desire to go back to the way things were, to rebuild our life the way it was before. I share that desire. I wish we were worshiping in church together, and we're not. And then as, we talk, as the culture talks about what's going to happen and how we're going to bring things back, and you're already hearing discussions about what things need to not come back, and what practices that we currently have need to continue. And there's this tension, those that want to rush back to the way things were and those of us that are still nervous about what's coming. And about safety and security and those tensions are real. But that's not that tension is not that you're feeling about this is not just related to the quarantine, it's it's literally a perfect picture of our spiritual struggle. Because becoming a follower of Christ, being a follower of Christ, is this constant battle between what needs to be put into death, what practices need to be put to death in my heart, and what practices do I need to establish to continue to live and go forward. So it perfectly describes, that tension we're feeling, perfectly describes what our spiritual struggle feels like too. What is it in my life that needs to stop and stay stopped? And what is it in my life that needs to be added or continued or strengthened and grow? And that creates this tension in our life. Old self, new self. And so the question becomes, how do we release the tension? Can we live like this? How do we weaken the strength of the pull to rebuild what we've destroyed already and put to death in Christ already. How do we strengthen the pull towards life in the Spirit? Of course, Paul has something to say about that. This is Galatians chapter 2. I'm sorry, yeah, Galatians, in Galatians 2, where we just read verses 5 through 15 and 16. The gospel that Paul preaches to Peter. We who were Jews by birth are not sinful and not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we, we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by our works of the law. Because the works of the law, by the works of the law, no one has been justified. So how do we fight this tension battle? By the way, first of all, faith is what creates the tension in the first place. Before we belong to Christ, there's no tension. We're kings of our own universe. We do whatever the desires of our flesh and heart are. And as soon as we become a follower of Jesus, as soon as we do what Paul said and we place our life in faith in Christ, then there are these two selves that are placed at opposition with each other. The way it was and the way it ought to be. And we want to please God and we fail. And there's the tension. And it comes because we belong to God. And so if if you wrestle with, am I doing right? That is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. If you see this and know it's right, but still struggle, that's evidence that the war is alive in you because the Spirit is alive in you. So the battle begins when we have faith in Christ. But Paul says, if we're saved through faith, it's not by works, it's by walking through the Spirit. And so... The first way that we have to relieve that tension is we have to learn how to walk by the Spirit. Turn with me to Galatians 5, which is where I intended to go a minute ago. This is verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So Paul, again, acknowledges the desires of the flesh and the desires of the Spirit are in conflict with each other. And the rubber band keeps stretching and stretching and stretching. And he calls us to walk by faith. In fact, in verse 18, he says, If you walk by faith, then you are not under the law. How does that work? There is no law against doing the will of the Holy Spirit. If we we're following the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we we're following the guidance of God, we we're walking in the way that the Spirit would have us walk, we won't violate the law. We won't even see the law because what we see is the Holy Spirit. And so it starts, we start to relieve this tension by walking by walking through faith. Now, how do you walk by the spirit the way Paul's talking about? This gets really really practical. Turn with me to this verse 24 of chapter 5 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Thanks, Paul. That sounds easy, just crucify the desires of the flesh. It doesn't work that way because we've already recognized the desires are still there and the desire to honor God is still there. And he just talked about the fact that those two things are in conflict with each other. So then how do we do it? How do we relieve this tension? The answer is spiritual practices and disciplines that shape the desires of our heart. It's really that that's really what it is. And this is not spirit, spiritual practices do not save you. What I mean by spiritual practices, Bible study, reading the word of God, praying, worship, giving, serving, silence and solitude, anything that you do that is a spiritual practice or we used to call them we call them disciplines, spiritual disciplines. What they do is they make They build desire for the way of the Spirit in your heart. So what does that do? If I strengthen my desire for the Spirit, then I do what verse 24 says, and I weaken the desire for the flesh. I put to death, I crucify my old self by strengthening my desire for the way of the Holy Spirit. And spiritual disciplines do that. Now, those disciplines don't save us. We don't practice them in order to be saved. We practice them because we are saved. And because this war is alive inside of us. (laughs) This war is alive inside of us. And if we keep trying, as Paul says, to rebuild our old life, then eventually that tension will break us eventually we will fall into that trap. The practices that we cultivate in our life, that he mentions some in, in, verse, in chapter 5. If we practice those, here's what he says to put to death. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition... Dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. If those are the practices that we cultivate, then we cultivate the desire for the flesh. But he goes on to list the fruit of the Spirit, the way of the Spirit, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Spiritual disciplines cultivate that in us. So that when we are faced with a decision moment, the way of the flesh or the way of the Spirit, our desire for the way of the Spirit allows us to resist the desires of the flesh, to put them to death. Not because we need to earn salvation, but because that is the way that a follower of Jesus lives. Walk by the Spirit, not by the desires of the flesh. And, as Peter did, when we fail, we are reminded of what Paul said. It is not by our effort that we're saved. It's not by our works that we find hope. Our righteousness is found in being crucified with Christ. It is He that is alive within us. And we walk in the Spirit putting to death the old way and walk in a new. And so as we live at this moment in history where we're wanting to go back to the way things were, my challenge is to you is to ask yourself this question. What needs to stay gone for me spiritually? What habits, what practices can I add during this season of pause that I can continue to walk? by the Spirit as we move forward together so that we can obey that command. As we align our hearts with the will of the Spirit, the tension in the war is released because what we end up wanting is what the Spirit wants. And when we fail, the blood of Jesus Christ covers our failure. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom you have been set free. There is no law against the way of the Spirit. So let's walk in it. Let's pray. God, we call upon You to strengthen the desires of our heart towards Your Spirit. We are thankful that Your Spirit is alive in us so that we can want what You want. Lord, help us To put to death the old ways, the old self, the old life. Help us to build something entirely new in connection to you. In Christ's name, amen. As you go this week, may you discover what it means to walk in the Spirit. May you find the peace of Christ in the midst of anxiety in our current circumstances. And may you put off the old self and put on the new and walk in it. In Christ's name, amen.